Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Welcome to Top Stories of the Week, presented by Girl on the Gov, the podcast. This exclusive bonus episode drops on Tuesdays and gives you the 411 on the need to know political news and tea. So, as always, we'll keep you updated. Welcome back to Top Stories of the Week. Last week was interesting. <laughs> to say the least, I genuinely still feel like we're in it. I don't almost. Yeah. I almost have a hangover from it. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not over yet. I mean, it's just certainly not over yet because that was a taste of what's to come. Right. So, granted, it's it's a little you know iffy in certain and ends or lenses of that because we got to really look at what was happening inside the house last week because of C-SPAN, and there not being rules yet in terms of where C-SPAN can be or not be throughout, you know, the gallery you know and, what? and what, but like... With that in mind, the way mm-hmm. in which I will put on a entire campaign, lobby, grassroots mobilization around getting House members mic'd up. Without a doubt. And you know what other... I need hot mics. ...through a number of times across our TikToks on this, and I full-heartedly agree is we need confessionals this oh, was giving so much bravo but someone was like we need like a drag race style confessional and then someone else was more of like a bravo one and i was like i don't i like them all i like them all it would be mm-hmm. so good and look i think we did get a few of them like aoc and aoc has been on on her content game for oh, sure on her content game but like jamal bowman also has been doing some you know in action in the moment like fyi this is what happened type videos Oh, Greg Sassar, I'm definitely butchering his last name, but from Texas, new rep, they did a live together and it was just mm-hmm. sensational. It was hilarious. And he but brought it was his, point. his little baby, right? Did he? Didn't he? I thought it was Jimmy like, Gomez. I saw two babies and I, and then I, I, I saw it was Greggy boy. And then I saw other bigger babies, like children yes. on both. <laughs> there are a lot of children in there, which was just like so really such an interesting thing because 
amid, like amidst all the drama, I think like what was really lost upon people was that like the house had no rules, no members. And I think just because of like the drama, like what's going to happen next? Are, are they going to get the votes? Like you didn't realize like the weight and of, of what was happening and how like, for example, like Sam and I, when we went to DC, we did the Capitol tour and we were talking with Sweet Joel, who was giving us the tour. And he was talking about how like staff's not even allowed typically in the chamber and like there's very strict rules. But due to last week's fiasco, like there was no rules. And so like people were bringing their children into the chamber, which like beforehand an intern well, couldn't even go in, you know? They're allowed to for being sworn in. And that's why the kids were there because they were waiting for their parents to get sworn in. Like, Yeah, it was just <laughs> so interesting. So what did it end up being? 15 votes? And also the way that they were just like, after they would lose yeah. one, after they would lose one, they would just like do it again and like not really like go back and reconvene much or like try to like, let's maybe come back and revote when we have maybe an idea of it can change or that you did some work to like, get those votes mccarthy yeah it's like what's really going to have changed since yeah i mean and it's just like you're wasting everyone's time yeah but what i can tell you is that maddie texted me i guess what was this friday night yeah i I had a revelation i I woke up to the text saying matt gates and lauren bobart are totally fucking and just given Mm -hmm. like i don't know we know some people we know some people that know some people i was like oh Oh, really? Who told you? Mm. She was like, no, no, no. It's just a feeling. And I was like, God damn it. That but it's it's a valid feeling. But I know what you mean. Yeah. And I see it. what, what yeah. really was the catalyst for that thought for me was the video when everyone was surrounding Matt Gates and Lauren Bobert and they were sitting down. And that's when, what's his name? Rip. Mike Rogers. Mike Rogers was, that was right before he like almost snapped and got physical with Big with Matt Gates, but Big it was moment. that it was that moment. Everyone was surrounding them, and Lauren Bobert and Matt Gates were just sitting there, like, just like, I don't know, the look on their face. They were also just like in cahoots, and you can tell she was sitting there, like, knowing that everyone's attention was out on him, and she was like, "That's my man." Like, I don't know. It was just giving so much of that energy. And I was like, I was watching that video, and I was like, "Light bulb, they're fucking." That's it. I. I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say yes, but I am going to say that it was a really big moment for toupees. And there is something just really on (laughs) brand about a Southern man wearing a toupee, especially from Alabama. I don't know why in my gut of guts, my heart of hearts, that was so right. Like I was like, yes, this makes sense. For Rogers? So bad for him that he didn't get held back in like a cool way. That's what I'm saying. You know, when you get like a guy gets like held back and he gets all excited and like, you know, guys Mm kind of love getting held back like that. Totally. He got held back in a very embarrassing way. Like he literally got a mouth, a hand in his mouth. <laughs> like he could have looked so cool in that moment, but he didn't. It was what is some North Carolina rep that was like the one that was holding him back, and Why he looked more dope. He like fish hooked him in his cheek. <laughs> Which the reaction time was in, like iconic. I gotta say, I just the images. You know the other image that is going to that altered my brain chemistry, as TikTok mm-hmm. likes to say, was Katie Porter. Reading the subtle art of yeah. not giving a fuck but while also I, wearing orange and like matching. But I have <laughs> like such the a look. theory about that. Well, obviously, yeah. it's a winner, winner, chicken dinner from an optics point of view and mm-hmm. of showing Viral Democrat versus moment. Republican. Yeah. She's also a little bit in the the news 
because if y'all don't follow Dear White Staffers, please go do. We love them. And they have always been showing you the behind the scenes of what happens at different reps offices. You know, what is it actually like to work for these different reps? And I'm fortunately, yeah, exactly. It's like Dumas, but like up the hill. Yeah. But with, I think a little bit better of intentions and (laughs) (laughs) as much as I love Dumas, but nonetheless, unfortunately, Katie Porter, not such a great rep. Some really unfortunate stories have been coming out about what it's like to work in her office. It ain't looking good. Yeah. As much as we like some of the work that she's been doing. I've also always been curious as to why as a progressive, she isn't better friends with the squad personally. That's a good, that's a good observation. As doesn't well. mean just because yeah. you have a certain type of belief doesn't mean that you're going to be BFFs with other people with those beliefs. So I'll yeah. asterisk that, but nonetheless, it did run through my head as someone that was aware of this evolving drama, that a big viral moment like that with the book, that's funny, that paints her in this like positive yeah. light for Dems really does distract <sighs> from the baloney. And then actually our friend Nicole Lopez did like a little correction meme on it. I did see that. Oh, really? Yeah. What was it? Oh, this is what it is. The subtle art of mistreating your staff. And her <laughs> caption is fixed it. <laughs> it's just that was iconic. Good. But yeah, there was something yeah. also just like cringy about it because it was so clearly like an optics like viral moment. Right. And that was just so obvious. And it's like, okay, cool. But it's staged, you know? Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of like what my position is on that. And I don't know if I, like, I will have one. We know I don't go without an opinion on anything, but. Yeah. I just feel like it's like, you can stage so many, so many things last week in those moments and get get your viral. Yeah, exactly. Like, I wish it was just like a little more more creative that looked more just like in the moment genuine. Does that make sense? No, it does. Well, you know what it also is, is we saw so many absurd live action shots that everything. Right. It was already like like, dramatic, naturally dramatic from what was happening. So then to then go be like, go back to your team and be like, what should we do to like add to this, you know, and like, let's stage something. I don't know. Something about the way that it was just like so staged like that was just kind of like, okay. Interesting. Anyways, Mm -hmm. we have some stories to run through and we're going to do that now. (laughs) <laughs> so. I guess we'll get into it. We are your top stories of the week. New speaker, new rules. New speaker, new rules. And, you know, did I think that we would get to have a new speaker and new rules? Not really. I was genuinely scared last Friday that this whole, that whole debacle was like an attempt to get the house in a situation where some type of insurrection can can ensue on January 6th. I was like, something's happening here. My conspiracy theory brain was just was just bubbling. It was. You weren't alone. There was definitely other people on TikTok. And it, it did cross my mind specifically because Lauren Bobart had this interview, like, you know, sideline interview where she was saying like, yay, the security, the metal detectors are being pulled out because that was something that Pelosi put in. Mm -hmm. And then she was like asked if she was going to open carry on the house floor. And she like just walked away, didn't answer the question. And it was like, I think like all in all, you could definitely say sus. And then I saw a lot of sort of establishment political influencers being like, no way, yada, yada. And at the same time as like, I would love to believe that no one believed that January 6th would happen in the first place. Mm -hmm. So, and now we just had a 
coup in or attempted oh my god attempted coup in brazil so i will talk about that too right i just feel like these things it's like there is a fine line between erring on side of caution and thinking the worst case scenario and deep conspiracy theory it is a really fragile and thin line it is it is this one i was like but again like it's it's not even really a conspiracy theory because again, it's been our reality just two years ago. So right. yeah. And and now a reality in another democratic nation, which again, we have as a story. So we'll talk about that in a second, yes. but back to new speaker, new rules. The first test of the speaker, Kevin McCarthy era will come tonight, Monday night as house Republicans try to pass their rules package for the 118th Congress. It should get through, but after last week's excruciating fiasco on the floor, House Republicans can't take anything for granted. McCarthy will begin to find out if his seven-year struggle to get the job was worth it, especially after all the deals he cut to get there. The rules package was at the center of McCarthy's fight for speakership. The 55-page document lays out the GOP priorities for the next two years and the procedures Republicans will use to run the chamber. However, there's also a secret three-page addendum that McCarthy and his allies hashed out during several days of grueling negotiations with the House Freedom Caucus. This pact includes the most controversial concessions McCarthy made in order to become a speaker. Three seats on the Rules Committee for Conservatives, freezing spending at fiscal year 2022 levels, a debt ceiling strategy, coveted committee assignments, and more. I have such a question about this because I was thinking last week, when everything was happening, people were talking about, oh, well, like, should Democrats help McCarthy get the votes so we can just end this craziness? And I was thinking, like, how this works, these negotiations work. Like, is McCarthy signing a contract? And if so, like, like who, you know, like, what are the kind of, like, legal implications if he breaks some of these packs? Like, are they just, like, promises open-ended, like... Hopefully he comes through with them or is there like some type of contract or like congressional contract you have to sign if you make those kind of negotiations? Like what's actually going to hold McCarthy to doing these things that he promised, quotes, promised people to do, you know? Oh, in terms of contractually, great question. Not sure. However, I do know that one of these, one of the rules negotiated on was being able to remove the speaker if they're not doing their job with like a small I think it's it might have gone down to one vote, something along those lines. And essentially, if he yeah, but it's like the speaker, them, the speaker is voted on first and then the rules are voted on. So like McCarthy technically can be like, you know, what? Oh, I actually that. don't want to include that rule. The rule is not going to be included, but I'm already speaker. So sorry. Yeah, but then they can vote him out. No, oh, but, you're, but oh, I see because the rules have the rules not. In, right. Yeah. You know. Because that's what that's I was thinking, too, question. if Democrats were to have helped him, you know, I was like, okay, well, McCarthy probably wouldn't have kept those promises, whatever promises no he way. made to the Democrats for helping him get the, you know, speakership. So I was like, what is the, I don't know who we can ask about that. Maybe we can ask hmm. someone. <laughs> yeah, these are the questions that haunt me. So we'll look into that for everybody. But as of now, only two Republicans have publicly signaled they may vote against the rules package. And that is Rep. Tony Gonzalez of Texas and Nancy Mace of South Carolina. Among their complaints is that McCarthy gave up too much to conservatives to get the speakership. Moderates feel like they need to stand up to GOP's leadership catering to conservatives now or else they'll get steamrolled for the next two years. 
Moderates also point to the fact that three of the first 12 bills that the House will vote on are designed to tighten abortion restrictions. All three were put on the floor schedule without consultation from the middle of the Republican conference. The annual March for Life is on January 20th, the first since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last summer. Furthermore, there are potential cuts to defense spending as part of the deal with McCarthy's opponents, which wrinkles hawks <laughs> what does that mean like i would think of it being like wrangles you know what is wrangles, wrangles? let's let's google cankles maybe let's say according to dictionary.com it's a verb mm. cause annoyance or resentment that persists of the casual manner of his system oh, oh. which annoys oh. hawks Who's hot? Yeah, so the casual manner of his dismissal still rankles as the example. Weird. Maybe hawk is hawks a term for like a hawk is like terry people? Like, yeah, like a military hawk is like someone that like really is like always trying to start a conflict and fund a conflict. Mm. So like people that were like, oh, war in Iraq, like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Hawk. Military hawk. Okay, yeah. well, wrinkles hawks. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> and social programs will also get slashed by an even bigger margin, maybe a hundred billion or more, which is fucking crazy. Vulnerable Republicans will have to vote for these cuts, knowing they won't go anywhere in the Senate, which is just another thing that's. It's all like for show. A lot of these things that they want to do, it's all political. It's all for optics because they know it's not going to actually get anywhere. Because the Senate is... Well, you could also look at it as this example or this campaign ploy of... Because there's going to be so many open seats. This is what we'll do when we get power. Took me a second to process what you said. (laughs) I I was like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Very true. Well, the GOP's leadership argument is that rules package... The rules package needs to pass so Congress can begin working. Without it, committees can't get organized and thousands of committee staffers could miss a paycheck. This is a tightrope walk, as with everything in Congress. In this Congress, McCarthy House Majority Leader Steve Scalise. Is that what we decided? It's Scalise. Every time I hear it, it just it should be Scalise. Majority Leader Steve Scalise and House Majority Whip Tom Emmer can only afford to lose four votes if they want to pass this package. Party leaders don't expect any attendance issues. GOP reps Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma, Wesley Hunt of Texas, and Roger Williams of Texas are expected to be back in Washington and voting. The House will also vote today on a bite rep Adrian Smith of Nebraska to rescind $80 billion in IRS funding approved as part of the Inflation Reduction Act. House Republicans vowed to make this the Family and Small Business Taxpayer Protection Act, the first measure they will take up if they won the majority. So yeah, there it's it is. Just, that one is so obnoxious because it's just so misguided. Funding the IRS is not meant to go after small businesses and like families and individual taxpayers. It's meant to be able to actually audit those like the Donald Trumps of the world. Like, mm-hmm. and there's a huge stat of how much of the IRS like staff is going to retire or hit retirement required retirement age in the next like four to like six years. And it's like an enormous amount of their staff. So the funding is to bring people back on. We have to fund replacing those staff as well as again, like those audits. If you want to yell at the IRS, yell at them about trying to have small businesses report $600 and up earnings on Venmo 
which I know they suspended for this particular tax season, but that when they launched that earlier this year, that pissed me off. That's called going after small businesses and little side hustles and, you know, family owned this thing and that thing or someone. Yeah. Like I said, which is just like, yeah. There's bigger like, fish to fry. Exactly. Like, don't like lobby little, little dogs. Right. Like lobby your reps about that. This is bullshit. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. 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 Okay. Next story. Biden's immigration. Wow. That really sounds like it's like he's immigrating somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Who nice from store most likely. Mm-hmm. Well, President Biden on Sunday made his first visit to the border since taking office, arriving at a city swamped by migrants and a historic surge in illegal immigration and anger from both parties about how he is handling it. In a brief visit to El Paso's busiest crossing in a migrant services support center, Biden agreed to demands by Republicans that he make the trip he had not undertaken for two years. I wonder what he's been up to. But as he arrived in El Paso, he found himself under siege from all sides. Boy, this, this sounds like the Alamo. I could also be historically wrong on that. I actually don't remember what happened at the Alamo. So sorry to any history teacher I ever had. Democrats and human rights activists condemned his new enforcement plan as a humanitarian disgrace. Republicans blasted his delay in coming to a border they say is wide open to illegal immigration. And Mexican officials who are preparing to welcome him to a summit of North American leaders on Monday, aka yesterday, warned that his proposals would cross a red line for them. Ooh. The number of migrants apprehended trying to illegally cross the 2,000-mile border with Mexico has hit record highs. In the 12 months leading up to last October, the Border Patrol encountered 1.7 million migrants trying to cross illegally, the highest number since 1960. Officials said overall crossings had dipped some during the holiday season in December, but they said they expected the numbers to rise again quickly in the coming months. In El Paso, a record-breaking swell of migration from across Central and South America has made the city one of the most vivid symbols of the decades-long breakdown in America's immigration system. Desperate people, often with small children, spend cold nights on park benches with no legal status and nowhere to go. They're making the brutally dangerous trek north in the hopes of finding refuge. The question of what to do with them, accept them, detain them, send them home, has become one of the most polarized political debates in the United States. And Biden has not found a solution as the situation in El Paso and communities along the border has worsened during his presidency. On Sunday, Biden met with Border Patrol officers, members of Congress, and local officials at the Bridge of the Americas Port of Entry, Paso's busiest crossing, which is set to receive $600 million from the president's infrastructure law. He also made an unannounced stop on the 18-foot border wall that separates El Paso from Juarez, Mexico, talking to Border Patrol agents as he strolls along a dirt road on the American side. Biden said Thursday the U.S. would immediately begin turning away Cubans, Haitians, and Nicaraguans who crossed the border from Mexico illegally his boldest move yet to confront the arrivals of migrants that spiraled since he took office two years ago. The new rules expand on an existing effort to stop Venezuelans attempting to enter the U.S., which began in October and led to a dramatic drop in Venezuelans coming to the southern border. Together, they represent a major change to immigration rules that will stand even if the Supreme Court ends a Trump-era public health law that allows U.S. authorities to turn away asylum seekers. Do not, do not just show up at the border, Biden said as he announced the changes, even as he acknowledged the hardships that lead many families to make the dangerous journey north. Stay where you are and apply legally from there, he advised. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is just a disaster from every angle. It's like, yeah, okay, all these countries, like every country in the world has a immigration quota with the U.S., So you could be trying to apply for asylum and be there in place in this spot of violence, death threats, whatever else is making you, you know, run or try and leave this country for what, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years. Like that oftentimes isn't the path that people can take if they want to live. Yeah, totally. And then also how do these cities actually deal with onslaught of so many people? Mm -hmm. Where do they go? And how do people provide services? And at one point, what is that status that they're given? Is there another status we should be giving people that are coming across the border in certain ways? You know, what, like all this says to me, because besides that, this is absolutely heartbreaking. And I think just overall is is a humanitarian crisis from every angle. This says to me that there just needs to be an overhaul of the entire system. Yeah, like, that it reminds is... me so much of the homelessness issue too, and I feel like it's something. Yeah. And ish, both are issues that have been a problem for decades and are only getting worse with the lack of solutions. But I feel like for both issues, the lack of solutions has come from people literally not knowing what to do and just kind of like tabling it, tabling it, tabling it, and then it keeps getting worse. And now we're here, and things are bad. And then it's like blame game. How, like who do we blame? And I feel like every president, both both parties, has gotten flack for the how they handle this issue because, again, nobody right. really knows the right thing to do. Republicans are too harsh and don't, you know, have much empathy or, you know, a humanitarian approach to this issue. Democrats are sometimes too much of, you know, the humanitarian side and don't think of like the implications on small cities like border cities and, you know, actually handling these people and putting them somewhere. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's one of those issues that it's going to take a lot of people coming together and like putting minds together to like find the correct solution. But it's just crazy to me how much it reminds me of the homelessness crisis as well. You're so right. No, like that is absolutely because both issues really hit on the humanitarian crisis mm-hmm. element. They are so, so that, and both of the takes on the Republican Democratic side. Yeah. Yeah. These are sister issues. Yeah. 100%. And they do definitely like blend together in areas. I mean, there's really, totally. especially in Texas right now, people sleeping on the streets, sleeping on benches, children sleeping on the streets. So it's like they're going to, those issues will also start to become blended in a lot of ways too because if you don't have somewhere to put vulnerable people they're gonna end up on the street in dangerous situations so i can only hope that we will find a solution hopefully and i think we should definitely work on a guest to continue to talk about this issue and potential solutions but 
nevertheless. Next, nevertheless. Nevertheless. Next story, Brazil. This is crazy, and we will get into what's happening there. But right now, a slew of U.S. law lawmakers have condemned the recent January 6th-style riots that happened in Brazil as far-right supporters of former Brazilian President Bolsonaro stormed to vandalize government buildings. Senator Cory Booker said, I am disturbed by the violence that took place in Brasilia today. I stand with the democratically elected government of Brazil and condemn the violence trying to undermine it. Democracies of the world must act fast to make clear there will be no support for right-wing insurrectionists storming the Brazilian Congress, Rep. Jimmy Raskin said, who was a member of the now-defunct committee investigating the January 6th attack on, the, on our capital. These fascists modeling themselves after Trump's January 6th rioters must end up in the same place, prison. In a tweet, AOC wrote that the U.S., quote, must stand in solidarity with, with Brazil's newly inaugurated president and his government, adding that the U.S., quote, must seize granting refuge to Bolsonaro, who currently is in Florida. I didn't know that part. Yeah, I think he's in Orlando right now. On a little vacay. Mm, classic. AOC also said, quote, nearly two years to the day the U.S. Capitol was attacked by fascists. We see fascist movements abroad attempt to do the same in Brazil. Chris Murphy said when Americans show contempt for democracy, the contempt spreads. Those who are trying to overthrow the legitimately elected government in Brazil should be held accountable just like the traitors were here. And so the lawmakers' response come as thousands of Bolsonaro supporters stormed into Brazil's Congress, Supreme Court, and the presidential palace on Sunday in protest of the results of the presidential election that saw Bolsonaro losing his bid for another term. The protests struck similarities to the January 6th riot at the Capitol where pro-Trump supporters stormed the Capitol in an effort to stop lawmakers from certifying President Biden's victory in the 2020 election. President Biden publicly condemned the protests as well, saying the U.S. will continue to work with Lula and the current Brazilian government in an effort to have the U.S. fully support the country's democratic institutions. So the images from this are very disturbing. Beyond. Very Although triggering. I will say, what a cool architecture their Modern. capital has. Yeah, very cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I don't, but yes, disturbing <laughs> in terms of the actual yeah. actions happening. Like, I just, it was, I woke up and I saw the notifications for this. And I was like, oh, can we a date without an insurrection? Come on. I know. Can we get a break from insurrections at this point? Um, would be great. Speaking be of insurrections, great. we had a great mm -hmm. IG Live last Did. week. It's on our Instagram account, obviously. So go watch. We talk all about the insurrection index and the anniversary, two-year anniversary of January 6th and what things will be looking like moving forward. But... Yeah, I mean, definitely a triggering moment. And obviously, Sam and I aren't versed on Brazilian politics. This is a U.S. Mm -hmm. politics show. But the implications of democracy being threatened are so real and cannot be slept on. And I think, like, and the U.S. is obviously such a big influence for the world. And when we undermine our own democracy and threaten it, and we will see similar things happen across the world. And that's scary. Yeah. And what we should also mention here is like that Bolsonaro is BFFs with Trump. Mm -hmm. Great context there. Like, So he's at like, Mar-a-Lago. 
Probably. No, I think he's from Orlando, but which I interesting choice in general. Regardless <laughs> of that, they are BFFs. They probably have like little like matching tattoos and everything. But one of the the big lies that Bolsonaro has also been pushing ahead of even the election, this particular most recent election, is that there is widespread voter fraud. The machines, they have only they do their voting there by electronic machine, who is trying to create this entire rumor, you know, and narrative that all of the you know, voting 2.0. machines, exactly, exactly, mm-hmm. big lie 2.0. So yeah. those, those two are, you know, just having their little hoop moment, but regardless, it goes to show, like Maddie said, what happens in the U.S. oftentimes is mirrored elsewhere mm-hmm. and how dangerous it is when there are these like populist leaders that spew lies. Exactly. Exactly. Scary stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure what is next for the story, but I have a feeling I have an inkling that we'll keep you updated. Mm, We will. We Mm -hmm. certainly will. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of keeping you updated, we do have to go to Georgia to keep you updated Updated. on something else. (laughs) Yeah, see, there you go. Just an update, update, update. Okay. The Georgia special grand jury investigating whether former President Donald Trump and Orange Man and his allies unlawfully sought to interfere in the state's 2020 U.S. presidential election results has issued its final report. A court filing showed on Monday, but it remained unclear whether criminal charges will follow. Dun, 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 dun. And in order, Fulton County Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney dissolved the grand jury now that its work is complete and set a January 24th hearing to determine whether the report will be made public. The jurors recommend that their findings be released, McBurney said in the order. The special grand jury, which was convened at the request of Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis, had subpoena power, but not the ability to issue indictments. Willis will ultimately decide whether to bring charges against Trump or anyone else, though the jury's report could include recommendations. Willis, a Democrat, opened a criminal investigation soon after a January 2021 phone call in which Trump, a Republican, or something along those lines, I don't really call them that, urged top election officials to find enough votes to overturn Democrat Joe Biden's statewide victory. The grand jury heard testimony from numerous state officials, including Georgia Governor Brian Kemp and Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, as well as key Trump advisors such as U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham Cracker and Attorney Rudy Giuliani, no thank you, many of whom unsuccessfully attempted to quash their subpoenas. Prosecutors have told Giuliani he is a target and could face criminal charges, as well as Trump allies who backed a scheme to appoint alternate electors in a bid to deliver Georgia's electoral votes to Trump. Why am I saying Trump so weirdly today? Like, I can't quite get it out. It's kind of like a protest for me. Mm -hmm. Rather than Biden in the electoral college process that determines the outcome of presidential elections. A spokesperson for Trump did not immediately respond to a request for comment on Monday. Shocking. Shocking. Trump has denied wrongdoing in Georgia and has continued to claim falsely that his 2020 election loss was the result of widespread voting fraud. The Georgia investigation was one of several civil and criminal probes threatening Trump and his inner circle. The Justice Department has separate investigations into Trump's actions following the 2020 election, his retention of classified materials after leaving the White House in 2021. I am curious what the charge would be. I think I think this, what he did was criminal, but is there a law in the books that would make it criminal? You know? Mm, I know what you're saying. Do you I mean, I probably it would probably just be like elect- election tampering or like something like that, but, or trying to persuade an elected official to 
you know, like something, there's probably something that it can fall under, but I'm just curious what it is. Yeah. God, I just want fucking Trump to go to prison so bad. I'd do anything, especially like even now, like after this, like the story from Brazil too, I'm just like, I want this man gone. I want him. I want him gone. I want him rotting in prison till the end of his days. So bad. I do anything. Well, I mean, he's already rotting from the inside out anyways. He's only eating McDonald's and Burger King. So true. True. Um, Honestly, like what I do love about all these investigations into him right now is that I think he is actually stressed out. And like there are accounts that have come out that he's lost his shit a few times. And he's losing his shit though. I know, but I'm like, I'm just hoping that's just the stress Mm. is like taking years off of his life. And I mean Mm. that. And I won't take it back. (laughs) Okay. Okay, there it is, ladies and gents. Maddie edits this podcast, so she will be deciding whether that stays or goes. And there it is. It will stay. (laughs) And if the government comes after us in any way, they can (laughs) I think he'll die a natural death. I do too. From the stress and the years taken off his life from the stress. That's it. No violence. No violence. Never. Never. Anyways, those are your top stories of the week. We made okay, it through. Do, do you have an announcement, though, before we go? Please. So, 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 we have gotten a lot of requests about book recommendations and doing, like, a book club of sorts, aka I read one book and put it on our story, and it really, it created kind of like a waterfall effect. I didn't know that this, I mean, it was a great book. Highly recommend it. Go look at our content if you want to figure out what it is. But regardless, the thing is that you guys don't know is we're slow readers. We are mm-hmm. slow readers. Slow, so I'm slow <laughs> I did fin- finish a few books in 2022, but when I tell you that some of those books were finished that last week of 2022 mm-hmm. and were started in the beginning of 2020 or near beginning of 2022, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I'll finish. But <laughs> I take my but- sweet time. <laughs> It's piece by piece, page by page, word by word. Anyways, where that landed us was figuring out how we could bring a book club or recommendation scenario to life without Mm -hmm. it just being on the world's two slowest readers, yours Mm -hmm. truly, us and us. Yeah. So we brought it to our favorite place, which is the Gov Club, which if you don't know, is the rebranded version of the Brand Ambassador Program. So our amazing Gov Clubbers have opted into creating a book club and they are going to be getting that off to the races this month. What that means is that they are going to pick a book to read and then host book club, virtual book club, debriefs, hangs, etc. And there's going to be a book per month. And there will also be an adjacent running and growing book list of recs that they love, ones that might not be a part of the book club itself that they're reading together, but that generally are just 10 out of 10. And with the details on why and all of that good stuff. So if joining a political book club is of interest, you're going to have to join the Gov Club. Mm-hmm. It's basically the long way of saying that. So if that is a yes, please, thank you, ma'am, please go to our website, girlinthegov.com, and go to the Gov Club page. You can apply to be in the Gov Club there. We'll set up a call and all that jazz from there. Otherwise, I will also try and remember to link it in this description. I will. Mm-hmm. I will do my best. I know sometimes by the time I write the description, I do forget. But if you're ever looking for a link, I mention it, I say, hey, go look at the description and it's not there. 
Or you can go to girlnegov.com. Yeah, a lot of our stuff is there. But again, if there's like something we ever forget, just DM us. We'll send, yeah, we'll send it to you. Whatever it is. We have terrible memories. Mm, and I bet do. and I bet us reading more would, would help that. Would help that. I think it would be like us being off social media a little bit. Off more. being off of our phones. I think yeah. that but our job is my phone, phone is officially deteriorating my brain. Oh, mine's a sack of potatoes. And I yeah. look, I love potatoes, no hate to potatoes, but like it's there's not much going on. Yeah, yeah. The screen time is gonna need to be addressed in 2023. That's one of my resolutions. But nevertheless. Thank you for listening to our top stories. We have a fresh interview episode for you tomorrow with Tobias Reed, who is the treasurer of the state of Oregon. This was an in-person interview that we did earlier this winter, and there is no video as a result. So just know that no video, no YouTube. So I know that's two episodes in a row, two interview episodes or two weeks in a row that are no video. So for our video watchers, super sorry. We will be back. We will do a video one next week. How about that? That's the compromise for us all. Mm -hmm. But Tobias's episode is coming out this week. And we've got some fun links to actually like share with it too. Yeah. Some good And we get to talk about what the hell a treasurer does, state treasurer and the importance of it. And this is when he rolls his eyes when I say it's an obscure role. Because it oh is. My God. Guys, Maddie like maybe wanted like just jump right into my grave, put the dirt over it, and add a fucking rock on top of it. <laughs> I've said that though to like secretaries so of state and like attorney generals, like attorneys general. I'm like, they're obscure because people don't pay attention. And listen, the other thing too is in government. I would say like 90% of things in government and how government functions is obscure because people don't understand it. So maybe it's not like obscure. Like maybe it's like not like obscure being like more like it. I think it more pertains to there being like random one-offs as opposed to like not being like a generally known like entity or quantity. Well, that's what obscure means. Not discovered or known about uncertain. We are really on dictionary.com today. That description fits perfectly. Okay. That's how I felt about a treasurer. I'm not saying I didn't, but I'm <laughs> yeah. glad I no longer feel that way. Or like that I that I'm in the loop. Yeah, and that's and why everyone needs to listen to this episode. This brought me so much comfort because I literally love learning these random financial they're not mm-hmm. random, they're very important, but like financial yeah. cues. Yeah. So. Absolutely. So go listen tomorrow. And he's and... fucking he's a riot. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. We also have a theory that all treasurers are tall. Yeah, he's, and a, he's very tall. He's like at least 6'6". Six, six. He's got to yeah. be 6'7". Yeah. So I would just like you guys to imagine your two shorty girls over here standing next to. Sitting, standing and sitting in between yeah. two treasurers, two oh, different yeah. state treasurers mm-hmm. who are both around 6'5 each. Taller. Maybe maybe taller. taller, yeah. My average so. guy is six four, so I know this is a metric <laughs> I got. <laughs> well, yeah, and there it is. But tune in, tune in tomorrow, and I guess we'll talk to you then. Toodaloo! Don't forget to rate and review. Thanks, love you. Bye. Bye. Hey. 
Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description.